Welcome to Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that focuses on the intersection between mental health and real life. I'm Justin Lewis, licensed marriage and family therapist and your host. On today's episode, I will be talking with my coworker Leslie Donner about being an introvert and uh, kind of what that looks like, um, dispelling some of the myths of uh, what people may naturally think of when they think about introverts. We're going to talk about how um, being an introvert can be a benefit in a number of ways and some of the factors of being an introvert that people may not necessarily um, see uh, as far as conventional thinking, but uh, be able to explain that a little bit more. This is a topic that's real important to me as an introvert and someone who talks to other introverts and helps people identify that they are an introvert. Uh, I think it's real important to be able to understand this about yourself, and I'll go into some of the reasons why that plays out the way it does. But uh, before I get into my discussion with Leslie, I need to tell you that Compass Counseling is the sponsor of this podcast. Compass Counseling provides therapy for individuals, for couples, and for children in that you can uh, get all of our service information on compasscounseling.com. Now here is my discussion with Leslie Donner. Now we um, talked briefly about uh, our own personal personality and how we might be uh, an introvert. And so I just outed myself as an introvert. Where stand you? It's really strange. And I've always kind of, you know, of course, known what this is, the idea of introversion, extroversion. I've always been familiar with that concept. Um, But I've also talked a lot about it this year because you know 2020 is a great year for introverts (laughs) or so it would or so it seems that's right right and so so that's what's been um really noticeable just here lately just a lot of clients who are introverts have um talked about like you know they struggle with isolation which is i guess one of the myths it's like no one wants total isolation right um yeah. So I, I and so you ask me. So I asked you whether or not you were an introvert. <laughs> oh, are you right. being evasive? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you are being a little um, bit evasive. I th- I think it's it's complicated. And it okay. So like so Freud. okay. Here we can get that Freud stuff out of here. Freud. He, so I, here he we go. Said, like, Here's my me. basic identifier for someone if they are or or not an introvert or a baseline to work from. Mm-hmm. If you are energized by being by yourself versus being energized by being around a group of people. So if you take time to yourself or around a small one or two people as a way to recharge, that tends to be someone who is an introvert. So there's more to it, to what an introvert is that we'll talk about. Uh, but if you are somebody who is uh, more energized by being around a large group of people and is always seeking that out, you, I feel like Jeff Foxworthy. You might be an extrovert. <laughs> so it's it's ah, it's one of those things, and, and that's why I like a lot of things. It's kind of on a continuum. I think of um, as you're describing that, I was thinking about 
Um, I don't like crowds, but then sometimes I have, like I think about being at a concert or something, being at like an amazing concert of some great artist and how I feel at one with all of humanity having this experience (laughs) together, but like, God forbid somebody talk to me, (laughs) you know, like I like, we're all human and we're all here together. This is great. Um, but But do you go home feeling energized or do you go home feeling drained? Cause there's the difference, I think. I'm in a, well, I don't know. And then I feel like I'm both. I'm feel, I feel um, renewed on some level, but then drained on another level. I know that like I crave human interaction, but it's definitely like the one-on-one variety. Mm-hmm. Um, and since, well, and you know, you've said like one of the myths, like being shy is not the same thing. As a child, I was like painfully shy. Like someone would say hello to me in the grocery store with my mom and I'd like hide in behind her legs. Mm-hmm. Like, and <laughs> it's, it's, I've always kind of played against type. And I realized that as I've gotten older, like I taught for several years and that never got any easier for me. It was always uncomfortable to hmm. talk in front of a classroom of people. Like for the longest time, I actually, I actually had to take a, a beta blocker, Enderol <laughs> uh, well, uh, or Propranolol. I'm always telling clients to ask their doctors about that one because um, it's actually it's for blood pressure, but it works really well for anxiety too. Because my heart would race, and I would be sweating, and it would just be like this, like terrible experience. But I also loved it because I loved teaching Mm -hmm. but being in a crowd was also really uncomfortable so as I'm dealing with more and more clients that I think have maybe tried to force themselves to be different than who they are then I recognize okay maybe maybe I have been trying to also force myself to be more extroverted all these years because I always thought well like a lot of people that scene is more normal or healthier. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. I think that um, our society is biased towards extroverts generally because they tend to be uh, people that are more likely to be, uh, I don't know, making a scene and, uh, you know, work in the room and those sort yeah, of things. The life of the party. Life of the party. And then Happy. again, whenever the perception is that an extrovert is outgoing and an introvert is shy, people are like, well, it's good to be outgoing and mm-hmm. bad to be shy, you know. Yeah. Uh, like you, like you were just saying that you were expressing some shame over your childhood behavior right. of being shy. Right. right? But um, again, I think even that public speaking piece is not necessarily a, a differentiation of extrovert introvert. Yeah. There's a lot of great dynamic public speakers who are just really tired when they're done public right. speaking. <laughs> Doesn't make them bad at public well, speaking. That's, that's it too. You can be good at something. Oh, and I've told clients this a lot about various things. Like, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you have to do it, you know, whether it's your job or whatever. It's right. like we were talking earlier about, like, actors, comedians, singers. Or you, and you were giving the example of several, like, athletes and stuff that yeah. are very introverted. Yeah. Michael Jordan is a uh, introvert. Which is surprising so, to me. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. They say uh, Bill Gates. Mm-hmm introvert but here he is out there you know making an impact on the world so you know i I think it's more uh, it's important to just recognize how some it's like how somebody interacts with the world versus yeah well well now i'm becoming biased more towards introverts and i'm thinking do, do you think that introverts are more likely to be intellectuals you know some say yes and as an introvert, I'm going to say yes. But. <laughs> well, intellectuals are definitely more more likely to be introverts. 
Yes, I think that's true. And, it, yeah. and it's because part of an introvert, uh, there's actually some brain science to this, that introverts think deeper mm-hmm. about what um, topics are. They think longer. So a lot of times that shyness uh, part that comes out is less of uh, being afraid to talk right. and more like preparing to talk. Right. And then the preparation for talking sometimes causes the moment to pass, especially if you're in a group of people where more people are just kind of, you know, yeah. Pop, pop popcorn talking, you know, right. um, and so just it's that deep th- thinking and preparing yourself to what you're going to say um, well, prevents that socializing. Yes, because you want what you say to be meaningful. Have, yeah, correct. So, which is probably why that myself and I know that you and a lot of people who would be considered introverts hate small talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No patience yeah, for it. Introverts want to go deep quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that that might be part of that intellectual, at least perception, but maybe it's, you know, goes hand in hand with someone that wants to talk about something that's deeper. Yeah. You know, it's going to, it's going to very, at the very least come across as an intellectual. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think just the type of things that they think about are probably... Uh, going in that direction. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just in their head more. So. You know, they can even come off kind of, well, you know, awkward sometimes. Because, <laughs> yeah. Like if yeah. you catch someone that is introverted, you catch them off guard, then, uh, you know, you might get kind of an odd response or, I don't know, maybe sometimes they probably come off like a jerk. I mean, just because of that, yeah, intellectualization. Sure. I don't know if that's a word, but of everything, like making everything, like I guess you could kind of come off as even arrogant. You know what I mean? I unfortunately do know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, sadly, um, that is true. Yeah, making observations about everything, right. being very reflective, instead of just that's keep, why you like Seinfeld. Thing, Observational yeah. humor. Exactly. Instead of just that reflect. Instead of uh, just the surface. You know. Yes. I, I don't think introverts like the surface as much it's as they want obvious. they want some depth it's yeah. easy right like i hate when people go for like the easy joke right you know? right 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 see yeah we're piecing together some introvert characteristics of you mm-hmm. the little questionnaire that i had you take earlier would say in a very scientifically termed manner mm-hmm. you are let's see what was it pretty darn introverted yeah. So this was a little bit better than a BuzzFeed quiz, Mm. but uh, there's a book called The Introvert Advantage, How to Thrive in an Extrovert World. And when I read this, actually, uh, I was in therapy myself, individual therapy, when Mm -hmm. I was in graduate school. And uh, the therapist gave me this book to read called The Introvert Advantage. And it was helpful for me to understand kind of how I... um, functioned in graduate school classes and in relationships and different things. So that is where I really started to learn and get a grasp over what introvert, uh, being an introvert is. Yeah. And so that's uh, this book called The Introvert Advantage, I would recommend for folks. Do you think more therapists are introverted? It would make sense for that to be the case, you know, yeah. being the willingness to think deeply, to be able to you know, want to work in a setting where it's 
fewer people right. rather than working in a setting where it's, yeah. you know, like an open office setting oh, would probably gosh. be pretty draining for an introvert. Yeah. So I think that um, opportunity to just have the focused time where, as you were saying, you know, going deep is it's going to happen quite a bit in a right. therapy session. So there's not a lot of wasted uh, small talk. So, yeah, I think that that definitely would make sense for a therapist to be an introvert. I don't have any numbers on that. Now, what about the idea of like creativity in introvert versus extrovert? Because I feel like a lot of introverted people are very creative as well and need an outlet, which is difficult when it's difficult to share your art. I wonder if artists go to their own openings. I I think they wouldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) I have been to a few openings where the artist is there. Okay. So they they might, yeah. Um, especially if they've got stuff for sale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to show up. That would be strange, wouldn't it? A little yeah. side note. Well, I have a hard almost, time with that. Again, it would look kind of arrogant. Like, oh, he thinks he's too good. He can't even show up at his own art opening. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That'd be hard to know exactly how to act at your own art opening. Yeah. You don't want to seem too arrogant, but you don't want to seem like this is too easy. But, you know, uh, yeah. It's a weird balance. The artist, there. that would be a funny character. Like, yeah. oh, you guys, <laughs> yeah, no. I did this when I was five. It's really? not a big deal. Yeah. You I mean, can it, have it. You don't even have to pay for it. It didn't take me that long. <laughs> I know that price is that, but really, it's not worth that. <laughs> right. I'd be a good character. Uh, yeah, The humble artist. But yeah, they, they also say that introverts are um, more creative. <laughs> I like pointing out all the positive traits of an introvert mm-hmm. after telling everyone that I am an introvert. Yeah, that's, yeah. Seems reasonable. You know, <laughs> hey, I get ultimate, uh, this is my podcast. I'll make myself look good if I yeah. want to. But yeah, they do say that introverts are more creative. They say uh, Steve Jobs was an introvert. Yeah. You know, and he's obviously one of the more creative people that has been around in well, our generation. Okay. So then I always think when you when you start talking about like computers, computer programmers, I always think that those people who are very introverted, very intellectual, very smart, then I'll always think, okay, you know, there's a saying about there's a fine line between genius and insanity or something. And mm-hmm. at one point in time when we had a diagnosis that no longer ex- exists called the Asperger's disorder, you know, the high end, high functioning end of the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. like it, I can't help but think that maybe there is something like that going on with a lot of introverts. But then, I don't know, dispel that for me. Because introverted does not necessarily mean socially awkward. Like, what's the difference there? Social anxiety and being introverted are not the same. Social anxiety and shyness are closer to the same thing. Um, It can kind of appear to be that way just because of, you know, some of the things uh, that I was talking about as far as the not entering in the conversation as quickly Right. Uh, introverts like need to warm up to people, but uh, and get to know them slower, possibly. But once they do, they feel a deep connection and are willing to to go deep with them. Yeah. Uh, so that slowness to uh, connect and to insert themselves into a conversation can come across, I think, as um, kind of that social anxiety. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're not participating. There must be, you know, have social anxiety or right. be shy or something. But the reality is, the personality that um, they have just creates that need to warm up first right um so i think just from perception it looks somewhat similar but it's coming from a different uh yeah. place like a Does lot of people sense? with social anxiety they want to interact that like they 
struggle with it. Whereas someone who's introverted, like this is their preferred method. It's just their method of operation. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, they're not handcuffed. They just approach it a certain way. Yeah. I once got a bad, um, job review on, um, what was one particular question. It was, um, it was like as a behavior specialist was the job years and years ago. And one of the areas I was evaluated in was ability to respond on, it was like on the spot with behavioral recommendations mm. and they rated me low on that. And I, it bothered me. And I said, um, I said, I, I want to think about like, this is mostly children with developmental disabilities. I said, I want to think about the behavior, what's triggering it, where it's coming from before I formulate a plan. You know, I want to think, think about this and understand. Sure. I don't want to give an on the spot recommendation because it might not make sense. Right. It's such a weird thing for me that they would like dock me points for that. Yeah, that is strange because yeah, part of that introvert brain is, again, thinking deeper, fuller. Yeah. Wanting to, if they produce something, write something, say something for it to be meaningful, yeah. not just like fill in some blanks or whatever. So, yeah. Um, Man, that, that can get you into some trouble sometimes, too, if you're introverted and you also tend to like procrastinate a lot. Because, again, like you said, you want what you produce to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can also be kind of a perfectionist and then nothing gets done. Uh, that is yeah, that could be a bad combination. That's <laughs> that true. With you? Maybe that's why artists are introverts. They uh, yeah. spend that time to really make sure what they're putting out is meaningful rather than. Right, because they'll talk about like having mental blocks, writers too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people who uh, don't understand introverted type personalities um, will see, and here's, here's an, okay, here's a scenario. A person does not present as shy. Um, because not all introverts present as shy. Mm-hmm. Some do are very social. They're just really tired after the social. Mm-hmm. Like I can be a little bit more that way generally, I think, is I can be pretty social, but then I'm like, all right, it's about time for me to get some alone time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that sort of deal. So if um, I'm pre- presenting that way, use myself as an example here, and then um, want to spend some time alone, for some amount of time that an extrovert might not understand. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, is Justin depressed? <laughs> right. <laughs> What's wrong or with he, Justin? He's, he's depressed or he's angry. Or in relationships, right. exactly. he's rejecting me. Exactly. Right. Where I'm just like, cool, I've got some time to myself. Yeah. And so, you know, I've seen that scenario play out with uh, some other, you know, other people that I work with or whatever. Um, and it's <laughs> like, well, so, work with as clients or people in my life or whatever. Uh, And that's like, well, they don't think I should be spending this much time alone because it's like I get depressed. Well, they're not depressed. They just recharge by being by themselves and having some alone time and being able to have some things where it's like, maybe this is, I don't know if this necessarily falls under the category of introvert or not, but part of alone time, I'll just speak for myself, part of the value that I have in alone time is I get to be in control yeah if you don't have to like compromise it's what you want to do what you want to look at what you want to read yeah right yeah exactly so i I like going on bike rides by myself Mm -hmm. oh i I was talking about that earlier too it's like that's why you're drawn to that because it is kind of an independent it's like you know what i'll i'll go faster for a little bit you know what i'll go slower for a little bit 
I think uh, I'll turn this way. I don't have to tell anybody that I'm turning this way. Yeah. I can turn down this street. Um, so a lot of people like riding in groups, and I do somewhat, but that riding by myself and recharging in that way probably has something to do with uh, the introverted thing. And it and makes introverts more suited to jobs where they do have to be somewhat independent. Mm-hmm. And not have right. to ask everybody else's opinion about everything. How do you feel? <laughs> what do you think this is? You know, ugh, yeah, that's that. true. Yeah, that's right. I didn't think about it that way before, but <clears throat> if someone's less needy of that, they're yeah. more able to spend their energy to be independent, work independent, and figure it out, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I had this like epiphany. So, like, introverts are drawn to ideas, extroverts are drawn to people. Yeah, that's true. I like that. That's a good way to say that. Yeah, because yeah. like the knowledge, like you're constantly like reading and looking stuff up, falling in the wormhole and all that stuff, right? <laughs> right, right, like, right, I mean, right. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, like, oh, I got to have a, a different understanding of this. And yeah. when I'm when I am writing, I'm not spaced out. I'm always thinking about something. Yeah. And it may not even be anything that's like worth figuring out, but <laughs> which is also why like one of those questions on that in that book said. Um, that, you know, do you get annoyed? Like, do you have to have long periods of time to work on a project or can you do it in little chunks of time? I have to have long periods of time because I want to be able to really think. I, I cannot, I hate multitasking. I, I don't like it. it. makes me nervous. Yeah, right. Or interruptions. Yeah. Yeah. That's another uh, kind of going back to that social situation. Um, introverts do not like to be interrupted and they don't want to interrupt others. Um, because they don't want to be interrupted because I've thought out what I want to say. Now I'm going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I've put some work into this. Yeah. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> Let me finish. Yeah. See, I previously thought that that was kind of a generational thing because before when I used to teach, um, I was in an office suite with like four, um, just like they, they were all guys, all like 20 years older than me, all like baby boomers. And here I come, Gen X person with my office door always shut because I like to be independent. And that they would think those things about me. Why don't you want to talk to her? Oh, she's, she must be sad. We should go talk to her more. And I was like, that's the last thing I want you to do. Don't talk to me. <laughs> right. You still do the door shut, I've noticed. I do. I do. Because I can't, I can't. Well, sometimes if someone gets me like off task, I can't go back to whatever it was. So uh, I think one, one other myth I want to address for now at least um, is that introverts uh, don't necessarily dislike people on the whole. Mm-hmm. They are very thoughtful and close to some people. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean, doesn't mean they don't like people. Right. They're just more selective yeah. and uh, thoughtful over a smaller number of people. But I think sometimes certain types of very introverted folks get this perception of, well, they're just rude or mean to people or don't like people. They just want to be by themselves. Yeah. Or think they're better. Think they're better. Like when I was, you know, in junior high, I I got that a lot. Like people thought that I was stuck up. I was like Mm. the farthest you could get from that. But just because, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to like be a social butterfly. Right. Are you coming to this realization that you are indeed pretty darn introverted? Yeah, which is really strange. It's really strange for me. But it makes a lot of things make more sense. See, that's the value, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not huge on personality tests and those sort of things. Yeah. But I do like this uh, 
introvert extrovert idea. Yeah. I think it was uh, Carl Jung was the first mm-hmm. one to do this, yeah. right? Is that right? Psychology yeah, he's teacher? A, like a trait theorist. Mm hmm. Yeah, they. Um, there's a they talk about that there's a big five theory of personality and that's one of the on one of the dimensions introvert extrovert and then there's like conscientiousness agreeableness openness to experience and neuroticism <laughs> I'm on the extremes of, of most things I think like I'm extreme aren't you extremely neurotic I mean I am yeah. I am like yeah a little bit a little bit extremely. I'm looking at your coffee cup thinking your coffee cup. My coffee cup? <laughs> You're my, particular about my your coffee Mona cup. My Mona Lisa coffee cup that I don't keep in public place because yes. I don't want anyone else to use it. <laughs> right. Is this a good time to talk about the fact that you stole my other coffee cup? <laughs> <laughs> and I've just left it in my office. And you've just claimed it for your own. Yeah. Is that why you keep your door shut? Maybe. So that I can't get in there and Maybe. get my Heath Elementary School coffee cup back maybe so it's okay because i have a mona lisa and no one gets to no one's going to use this we okay that, that made me think of something else too like we're introverted we're also both like competitive in certain ways which is also something you wouldn't expect Mm-hmm. michael jordan mm-hmm. steve jobs well, well bill gates never mind that doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> i wonder yeah. what it is though you think it's like being inside your head that would make somebody competitive? I don't know. Because that is true that introverts spend some time inside their own head, being very self-reflective. Yeah. Very, um, always kind of assessing right. themselves, how they're coming across to someone yeah. else. Well, I think they're competitive more against themselves. Mm-hmm. Trying to do some self-improvement. To do better, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is that. I, uh, I think maybe after... Th- Thinking through this, this makes some sense to me. I took the Enneagram mm-hmm. a bit ago. I don't know. It's probably been last year now. It was pre-COVID. I can tell you that. It's right. pre-COVID world. And I was, uh, <laughs> they gave me, so there's, for those who don't know, you have nine number options. So mine returned with, they told me I was three, basically three personalities. So I'm a third of the possible personality yeah, traits right. that exist out there. So um, I was able to read up on what happens if you have a tie mm-hmm. uh, on your personalities. And there were two things that they said, one of which was that you have no self-awareness, that you never think about yourself and how you might interact with the world. The other was the opposite. Yeah. You, have, you have possibly done some therapy that you're very aware of yourself and how you personally operate with the world and so um i'm interested to know if more introverts may have closer scores in that way because they're more able to like think about things in specifics rather than the generality well you know we've talked about this before like with different issues how it's hard for us to be extremists on anything because of the ability to look at both sides of mm-hmm, it. Right. Yeah, there's there's that gray area. And yeah. I think, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg there, but being a therapist. Yeah, you start to uh, see nuance and appreciate it more than other yeah, people. Yeah, right. It's, you know, it's for, to some degree, it's like everybody. When you meet somebody that you only see as a faceless circumstance, mm-hmm. but then you meet somebody that actually yeah. lives in that circumstance. Right. It makes a big difference on seeing the world. Right. It's a lot easier to villainize X, Y, or Z if you don't know anybody 
that in any way is related to X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever yeah. that thing might be. I was talking with that <clears throat> about that with uh, somebody recently, how that uh, makes a difference for how we uh, see the world, see people. Yeah. More of a gray than yeah. a black or white. As it, it's a healthier way of thinking. Like, and I, it's something that I try to like give my clients. Mm-hmm. I try to explain that to them a lot, especially this year. Especially as they, a lot of them have struggled with like maybe maybe they have some sort of point of view about something that's very extremist. Or, and they have problems with family members that think the total opposite. And so I've tried to point out like, look, I may not agree with you, but I, I, I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And like when people take those extreme positions and they don't see nuance, then it can damage relationships. Mm. I mean, it's, I don't, how do we get off on this? How, what does this have to do with me introverted? I don't know. This has to do seeing the gray, thinking yeah. fuller, thinking yeah, like so. uh, seeing the specifics more than the uh, generalities know, of the personality yeah. test, the Enneagram. That's how we got here. Right. The Enneagram. Yeah. Tr- you're a four tr- though. Back. Aren't you? Right. You're a four. A four, a two. Uh-huh. And I uh, think that, uh, I was also given something else. Seven, maybe? Yeah. Four, two, seven. I'm four, I'm seven, four two. two. I can't remember my third one. But again, that and that four, like, well, this isn't the main part of the four, but it's the part I always think about, wanting to be different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what sticks out to me about the four, two as well, <laughs> which I can own that a little bit. Yeah. I can own that a little bit. I've noticed that clients that are like this, and I know this about myself, tend to get really overstimulated, like environmental stimuli. And this is true of a lot of people's kids, too. Okay, so I think everyone needs a 2 p.m. nap time. That's or some time to like... (laughs) Um, not be around people. Um, my oldest is like this and he, I used to go put him in his crib at a certain point in the day and talk about like, I'd say he just needs some thinking time and he needs that to this day, like to de-stress. Um, swimming is one thing that's awesome for people that are like this, that sometimes people call it a highly sensitive people. Some people call it an empath. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a real thing. I know that's a little bit, um, touchy feely for some people it's starting maybe. to work its way into a, be a buzzword isn't and it? all that yeah it's working stuff. into the buzzword category right. almost yeah, mm. it is um but that is a thing to get overstimulated whether it's by lights sounds too many people uh too many demands placed on you smells textures mm-hmm. taste like sometimes it's just too much which is why i think a lot of people here lately have uh started to dissociate a little bit little zone out a little more than usual because it's information overload and you start to see more behavior problems in kids when that happens. And then in adults, you see, um, you know, just like the zoning out or getting kind of irritated. When you start feeling that way, if you start to recognize it in yourself, you do need to take time to like, you know, have nothing, think of nothing. Um, there's a interesting theory about something called synesthesia. You know what synesthesia is? I do not. You do? Oh, I thought you were going to say no, you do. No, I do not. It's really kind of a cool thing. It's um, So it's really rare. It's uh, when people's senses get kind of mixed up. So they talk about tasting colors. And it's not like an LSD thing or it's not re- related to psychedelics. Um, but the, for real, their, their senses get kind of confused. Well, the idea is that babies are born with all of these interconnected networks in their brain. And the first two years of life, the connections get pruned away because we don't need to have all those connections. Um, so that's why if you remember, maybe you've heard people say this before about babies, um, like... 
you can handle them too much. Or like, this is why babies get overstimulated. They start to cry. If they've mm. been around people, they've been held a lot. And that's mm. why they need to nap in a quiet, dark room, sometimes white noise. And it's because those networks have not been fully pruned away yet. So they experience sensory input as sometimes kind of scary. So a loud sound becomes really overwhelming. Um, so some people don't necessarily grow out of that. So all the connections don't necessarily get pruned away. And I think that's probably why some people are more likely to get overstimulated. Mm. I, let's see, one last thing uh, as far as further reading, as they say, is there's the most, probably the most recent, um, research is seminal work. What does that mean? What does seminal work mean? Seminal work? I've heard that somewhere before. Is it like you go to the seminary? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to Google it though. Seminal work. For some reason I thought it means like what's seminal. the most important. So strongly influencing later developments. Okay. So that would be like the most recent research, right? Like a seminal. Well, I guess, like, okay, we needed penicillin before we could come up with a lot of modern medicines. They were all based on this early research. I don't know. Like it's, it's really important. Whatever it is. It's really important, influential, and kind of yeah. like groundbreaking, yeah. I think. Yeah, groundbreaking. Okay. The current, the seminal work currently on introvert uh, type personality is called Quiet, a book called Quiet by Ooh. Susan Cain. Hmm. I think it says something about the power of introverts or something like that. But there's, cool. she has a TED Talk and she's got a book. Yeah. And so uh, I think for anybody that wants to go further with that, you can watch that TED Talk, read that book. Or, again, Introvert Advantage is really good. Mm-hmm. It talks, one of the things I like about Introvert Advantage is it's like, okay, how does an introvert um, deal with an extroverted spouse? How does an oh, introvert yeah. deal with an introverted spouse? How does an introvert yeah. deal with extroverted parents? How does an introvert deal with introverted kids? Yeah. So it kind of gives all those dyna- dynamics and how they may um, play out in good and bad. So, yeah. Anyways, yes, I like this topic. I'm glad that uh, I finally was able to record something on it because I talked to clients about kind of dis- dispelling myths, myths, mm-hmm. dispelling myths yeah. uh, all just, the time. And it's, it's, I'll be glad to get this out there yeah. and so people can know a little bit more about if they are an introvert. And that it's, it's okay good. to be that way. Yeah. My biased opinion is it's better off. And now we've learned that you are in our camp mm-hmm. of introverts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you are married to an introvert or friends with an introvert, then you can understand some of their behaviors and it's not bad, but it's just different, different, their approach. This has been Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and life. For more episodes, you can find the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we are also on social media sites, Facebook and Instagram. Website for the show is MappingHealthyMinds.com, which has access to all the episodes that we've recorded so far and a little bit more about the show. Thanks so much for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, give us a review or tell a friend. It's the best way for us to pass the word on to other people. Mapping Healthy Minds is brought to you by Compass Counseling and is produced and hosted by yours truly, Justin Lewis.